for Thursday, July 29th, 2021. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, for years, state leaders have declined to fully expand Medicaid health coverage to all low-income Georgians. Now, the state's two U.S. senators have pitched a workaround, a federally-run program to cover those people. Georgia citizens should not be continually punished by the political games that state leaders are playing. They'll be able to access Medicaid directly. Senator Raphael Warnock and his colleague, Senator John Ossoff, join me to dive into their proposal and discuss how it ties into the pandemic. That's next. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) W-A-B-E. There are hundreds of thousands of Georgians who make too much money to qualify for traditional Medicaid health coverage and not enough money to qualify for subsidized health plans offered under the Affordable Care Act. These people are in what's called the coverage gap. And they're here because Georgia is one of a dozen states that has declined to fully expand Medicaid to cover them. Now, Democrats in Georgia have called on Republican state leaders to expand coverage to these people for years to no avail. States like Georgia recently got new incentives to expand coverage to this population, but have still declined. Instead, Georgia Republican leaders are trying their own approach. They're pursuing a more limited Medicaid expansion to people who can fulfill a work requirement. This plan was originally approved by the Trump administration, but its fate now looks uncertain. Amid all of this and the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, Georgia's two U.S. senators have come up with a bit of a workaround. It's a program run entirely by the federal government that would provide health coverage with all the benefits of Medicaid to people in the coverage gap in all the states like Georgia that have chosen not to fully expand Medicaid. Here to discuss the program and how it could work is Senator John Ossoff. Senator, thanks for talking with me. My pleasure. So just to start, I'm wondering if you can kind of lay out the contours for me of the Medicaid Saves Lives Act. What would this piece of legislation do? Sure. Senator Warnock and I have introduced this bill to establish a federal program that would let 
low and middle income Georgians who would otherwise be eligible for Medicaid expansion if Georgia had expanded Medicaid to directly access health insurance identical to Medicaid from the federal government. Georgia is one of just a few states across the country that has refused to expand Medicaid. Senator Warnock and I secured $2 billion in new incentives for Georgia to expand Medicaid through the American Rescue Plan. That was the stimulus that we passed at the beginning of this year, the COVID relief bill. Nevertheless, the state of Georgia still refuses to expand Medicaid. And that sentences low-income Georgians to needless suffering and death. I believe that healthcare is a human right. And look, my wife, Alicia, works in labor and delivery at Brady Hospital. She sees every day the consequences, for example, for maternal and neonatal health of our state's refusal to invest in healthcare for low-income people. So Senator Warnock and I are taking this step legislatively to try to get Medicaid directly to Georgians, even if our state government refuses to expand it. Georgia is one of a dozen states, as you've mentioned, that has declined to fully expand Medicaid as laid out under the Affordable Care Act. Doesn't this potentially reward states for holding out all this time by saying, hey, the feds are just going to step in and do this for you? No, because the nature of the Affordable Care Act and the additional incentives for Georgia that we secured earlier this year are that Medicaid expansion would be federally funded anyway in Georgia. So the state of Georgia is leaving existing federal dollars on the table, refusing to expand Medicaid, even though the federal resources had been appropriated for that purpose, purely out of partisan spite, because Medicaid expansion was part of the Affordable Care Act. And what I think, frankly, reflects a contempt for low-income people and disregard for their health. So what Senator Warnock and I are saying is, okay, we will work to pass federal legislation that lets low-income Georgians access Medicaid expansion directly. And lay out for me what this would mean financially for states, both immediately and down the road. Who picks up the tab for a new enrollee in this program if this program does get passed? And then, say, years and years down the road, if this program you know, is maintained for that long? There's no difference for the taxpayer between this and the existing Medicaid expansion that Georgia has refused. That Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act was federally funded, didn't impose any additional tax burden on the state of Georgia. Uh, And the reason that Senator Warnock and I went and secured $2 billion, again, $2 billion with a B in the American Rescue Plan to incentivize the state of Georgia to do so, uh, was to make it an even better deal for the state. The state of Georgia is refusing to expand Medicaid, even though we've allocated the federal resources to ensure that the state can. And that's just about partisan politics. But you know what? We shouldn't play partisan politics with people's lives and people's health. And that's why it's so important that we get this done in Congress. Well, and I'm I'm curious about down the road. I think to uh, summarize Republican arguments for not expanding Medicaid uh, under the Affordable Care Act, I think they would say, hey, this looks like a good deal now, but down the road, the feds are going to take on less and less of the share for covering the expansion population. So how would that work for this federal Medicaid lookalike program? It might not cost states anything now, but are states eventually going to be expected to pick up the tab in any way for this expansion population? No, this would be administered by CMS, just like Medicare. 
uh, and it would be directly provided to low-income Georgians and uh, low-income Americans in other states that have refused Medicaid expansion. And put this in the context of the pandemic, if you could. I mean, you've mentioned the American Rescue Plan a few times that has this expanded set of incentives for states to expand Medicaid. That certainly was a response to the to the pandemic. Uh, but just talk a little bit about this particular push now, because it seems like there's a lot more energy behind Medicaid expansion than we've seen in some time. Well, I think here's what the pandemic has clarified for a lot of people. COVID-19, like so many other diseases, is much more dangerous and much more lethal if your underlying health state is already weakened. So the refusal to expand Medicaid, which denies primary and preventative health care, for example, to low-income Georgians, weakens Georgians' underlying health statewide. And that means that when a pandemic comes along, more people suffer serious illness and more people die. It also, to your questions about state finances, imposes a heavier burden on the taxpayer every day, all year long. Because in the absence of Medicaid expansion and access to primary and preventative care, Georgians are not getting chronic illness treated, are not detecting early illness, are not accessing the kind of family medicine and preventative medicine necessary to sustain good health, wind up becoming sicker over time and then having to use the emergency room at taxpayer expense when the healthcare is more expensive because Georgians are more ill. So we have to, to, to make sure folks understand a few things, which is that ensuring every person can access primary healthcare and preventative healthcare services regardless of income is a matter of human rights and it's also a matter of fiscal prudence. Our country pays enormous costs and the public bears these costs because we neglect people's health. And this legislation will be a significant step towards solving that problem. Lay out for me what you see as the path for this particular piece of legislation. Is this something that's passed on its own? Is it rolled into some kind of larger package? What's kind of the, the, the path forward here for this plan? Well, my objective uh, is that we include this measure as part of the upcoming overall infrastructure push. Uh, and we're working closely with colleagues in the Senate, uh, including, by the way, our colleague, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, another state that's refused to expand Medicaid to get this included in the upcoming bill. Uh, now, those negotiations are ongoing. Uh, there's no guarantees that we'll succeed, but we're working hard every day to get this included in this legislation because lives are on the line. There are Georgians who are suffering and Georgians who are dying because the state of Georgia, because Republican politicians in the state of Georgia refuse to expand Medicaid, even though the federal government's made the resources available for them to do so. So we need to act. And that's why this is such a priority for us. I mean, can you give me a little bit more about the kind of conversations you've had, who you've had them with potentially in, in Senate leadership about getting this included in any broader uh, infrastructure package? At this point, I've spoken with every colleague in the Democratic caucus about this and multiple times with Senate leadership. Uh, and I think that there's a strong understanding of the issue and a strong will to get this done. Uh, the ongoing infrastructure negotiations are delicate and complex, so it is not assured but what Senator Warnock and I are doing is working hard every day to maximize the chances that this direct Medicaid expansion is included in the infrastructure package. 
Not to get into the weeds too much, but my sense is that, you know, Democrats are looking at the budget reconciliation process for getting that package through. That requires uh, fewer votes, um, you know, Democrats don't have 60 votes in the Senate. So is is this the kind of legislation that has to make it through through the reconciliation process? Or are you confident that if it, say, doesn't make it into the big infrastructure package uh, and, and has to be a piece of standalone legislation, um, that Democrats, that you and your co-sponsors would be able to get the support to get this out of the Senate on its own? Well, look, our goal is to get this included in the upcoming reconciliation package. That's our objective. And I'm focused on outcomes here more than process. I want every Georgian to have great health care, period. And what I want folks to focus on, you know, less than the, than the uh, parliamentary procedure, frankly, is the human impact. Mothers who are going into labor at much higher risk of massive injury or death because Georgia's refused to expand Medicaid and they haven't had access to prenatal care. Newborn babies being delivered at Grady Hospital and hospitals across our state who are entering the world already at a disadvantage because their mothers were unable to access prenatal care. We can talk about the process, we can talk about the dollars and cents, and it does so happen that the dollars and cents make sense here. But fundamentally, this is about the health of our society. That means the health of our neighbors and community members. Put this in the context of Georgia's push to expand Medicaid in a more limited sense. We've had state leaders here push for a limited Medicaid expansion with a work requirement. It seems like the Biden administration is all but certain to block that, something they've done in other states. And your colleague, Senator Warnock, says he's actually talked with members of the Biden administration about doing that, blocking Georgia's push for a Medicaid expansion with work requirements. Have you had similar conversations with administration leaders? And if so, what have those looked like? Yes, I've discussed this matter with administration officials. And even more importantly, I've discussed this matters with public health leaders and medical professionals in the state of Georgia. And, you know, doctors, nurses, healthcare officials, healthcare professionals in Georgia, regardless of their political party, are appalled by Georgia state government's refusal to do the right thing and expand Medicaid. You know, their arguments against doing so have always been spurious. The substitutes that they're offering, requiring people to uh, demonstrate that they're seeking employment in order to access health care, driving down the eligible income thresholds. You know, we don't have time to entertain those sorts of bad faith gestures. People are dying. People are sick. People need health care. Health care is a human right. And if the state of Georgia won't do the right thing, then Congress should. John Ossoff is one of Georgia's U.S. Senators. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? I'm Sam Whitehead. Today, looking at a plan from Senator John Ossoff and his colleague, Senator Raphael Warnock, for a look-alike Medicaid program to cover folks in non-expansion states like Georgia. Senator Warnock has been working on the issue for some time, even before his days in the Senate. Our conversation began by discussing the time he was one of a handful of protesters arrested in the Georgia Capitol in 2014 for protesting the decision of state leaders not to expand Medicaid. I've been fighting for Medicaid expansion in Georgia since 2014. Uh, I was one of a few dozen protesters who made my way, our way into uh, the Georgia State Capitol, held a sit-in 
if you will, in the governor's office, insisting that he expand Medicaid. Georgia has continued to dig its heels in. I was here again at the United States Capitol in 2017, arrested here again, fighting uh, among other things from Medicaid expansion. And so my election by the people of Georgia to the United States Senate gives me an opportunity to translate my protest into public policy, to take their public policy concerns uh, to the seat of our government. And so from day one here, I've been fighting for Medicaid expansion. I think it is uh, the single most powerful tool we have uh, for addressing the coverage gap uh, we have some 500,000 Georgians who are in the Medicaid gap. Many of them are working people, working families who simply can't afford health care. I think health care is a human right, and it certainly is something that the richest nation on the planet can and ought to provide to all of its citizens. So that's the reason uh, I had uh, a provision placed in the American Rescue Plan. Um, that would uh, allow Georgia to receive additional incentives to expand Medicaid. Uh, our state leaders continue to dig in their heels. And so um, my effort now is the Medicaid Saves Lives Act. It will create a uh, lookalike federal program that says Georgia citizens should not be continually punished by the political games that state leaders are playing. They'll be able to access Medicaid directly. You mentioned um, the American Rescue Plan. You know, this is this big piece of legislation, the Biden administration push to respond to the pandemic. How much is the COVID-19 pandemic a factor here in what seems to be a reinvigoration of this discussion. You know, Democrats on the ground here in Georgia have been pushing for Medicaid expansion, but it seems like there's some renewed energy now, in part because of this legislation that you've introduced. How big of a role has the pandemic played in, in this renewed energy, do you think? Oh, it's a huge factor. COVID-19 underscores these continuing disparities in health and wealth in our country and the relationship between the two. I think people's access to basic health care uh, should not be determined by their income uh, or by their zip code. And I think it's the right thing to do to provide people health care. It's also the smart thing to do. One study showed that if we expanded Medicaid in Georgia, this bipartisan study showed that it would create uh, an additional 64,000 jobs in Georgia, create about $110 million in additional state and local revenue for uh, uh, Georgia schools, uh, for Georgia hospitals, for Georgia roads. It's the smart thing to do. And COVID-19 reminded us in tragic ways that we are all tied together and if my neighbor doesn't have access to health care, that has implications for me. Uh, the disease, in this sense, COVID-19, is spread through the air. But the impact of uh, 500,000 of our Georgia uh, citizens not having health care is immeasurable. 
Is there a way in which the feds coming in and covering this population that would have been covered had states like Georgia expanded, does this in some way let these states off the hook for not having done this by saying, hey, now you're not going to have to really do this at all. The federal government is going to pick up the tab for this population that states like Georgia have have declined to expand to. No, not at all. That's the point I'm making. In each case, it is the federal government that's picking up the tab. And Georgia citizens right now are not getting the benefit of the federal taxes that they already pay. It isn't as if uh, I, as a Georgia citizen, will get a refund on my taxes because Georgia refuses to expand Medicaid. This is a federal program. We're just subsidizing health care in other states while our hospitals close, particularly in rural areas, especially in rural areas, the impact of that, not only on the healthcare systems of those communities, but on the economy is incalculable. And so we're doing uh, uh, something in Georgia, quite honestly, and frankly, I think is, is stupid. We are subsidizing healthcare in other states, allowing our hospitals to close, dragging the Georgia economy down. And um, meanwhile, our citizens are getting sicker and because they can't afford routine health care, the health care costs continue to rise and the, it's devastating, particularly our rural economies. And so in each case, it's the federal government that's picking up the lion's share of the costs. I'm not letting Georgia legislators off the hook. I'm rescuing Georgia citizens from politicians who are playing. And, and I think that gets to the, the funding part of this, um, which, you know, it can get a little weedy. Um, but as, as simply as you can, explain to me how this would work for, um, you know, who essentially picks up the tab for this expansion population. You know, are Georgia taxpayers going to expect to see their taxes go up, say, for this expansion population now when this program starts, if it does start, and then maybe a decade, 10 years from now, if this program is kept up? Medicaid is a federal program. And if you're a Georgia citizen, you're paying for that program, whether we expand Medicaid or not, period. Where are you with discussions with uh, Senate leadership on getting this uh, measure included in any kind of larger package, whether that's the infrastructure package, the, the the spending bill. My understanding is that your hope is that this gets rolled into some kind of larger uh, legislative package, correct? Yeah, this will be the second time I've done this. Again, trying to rescue um, my neighbors from politicians who are playing games. So in the American Rescue Plan, we included a provision which sweetened the pot and said to the state of Georgia, if you expand Medicaid, here are some additional incentives on top of the ones already provided through the Affordable Care Act. Here are additional incentives for our state government to expand Medicaid. Uh, but they insist on playing games. So this time, what I've uh, included, hopefully, in the upcoming reconciliation package is a program that creates a look-alike Medicaid program administered by the CMS which is, allows Georgia citizens to access Medicaid, whether the state expands or not. By the way, the incentives for the state to go ahead and expand uh, are still there. 
Uh, I'm saying that Georgia citizens should not be punished, should not be held hostage by politicians who are still playing the games uh, of a political era, quite frankly, that's already gone. Uh, this is an old fight that goes back to 2009 and all of the debates around Obamacare. Uh, that, in, in political terms, that's a long time ago. Meanwhile, 38 states have already expanded, including some red states, some red state governors. Uh, and Georgia continues to drag its heels, not the people of Georgia, the politicians at the state level. And I'm not going to sit idly by while people I know, people in my church, people in uh, neighborhoods that I visited while campaigning continue to suffer. There's no reason for this. We shouldn't continue to subsidize healthcare in other states uh, while Georgians get sicker and the Georgia economy gets weaker. And is there any way you could see this passing on its own if, say, it doesn't make it into a reconciliation bill, understanding the, the balance of the Senate? I, I'm going to keep doing everything I can. I'm going to I'm going to be using every tool in the toolbox uh, because I believe that health care is a human right and healthy Georgians mean a healthier economy. Raphael Warnock is one of Georgia's U.S. Senators. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. From WABE Studios, the podcast where they read stories is a new children's storytelling podcast featuring notable Atlantans and performers reading classic and contemporary children's books. Each episode contains a story meant to entertain, inspire, and inform young listeners. No screens required. The podcast where they read stories features adaptations from both chapter books and picture books. Join us at wabe.org slash stories podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E.